Basement Booker's Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Basement Booker's Podcast. This is the post-WrestleMania episode. You do not want to miss this. I'm Basement Jer. You can call me Jer. That's fine. It could be Basement Jerk. Can't add the K. We're on a letter budget. Whatever. I don't care. Make your judgments. And with me, my co-host, the current rating not have has not defended it yet. He can't say he's defending. He's not just defended it yet. Not being a hater. It's not hating. It's the rating champion. He is Rich the Riz. He was Riz before it came in to the urban dictionary, meaning what it means. Before we get started, please, if you like this video, if you don't like it, if you want to make a comment, go on down there below. It's all good. Smash that like button. We're done shilling. Let's get on with the show. Rich Riz, are you ready to talk about night one of WrestleMania? Night one, I loved it. What, do you, what match do you want to start with? Well, I figured the best thing to do is start with the first match. Let me briefly tell you how I feel about this match real quick. John Cena's in there. He's the hero. He's a veteran. He's out there to teach theory a little bit respect. Showing mm-hmm. us that he's better than us, and we know it by bringing out those Make-A-Wish children, making their dreams come true, taking the stage of WrestleMania, memories that will last forever. And the only thing I can tell you about the match is that Theory had to cheat. He bit John Cena. He hit him with the low blow for the finish. Rich, That's right. Let me tell me what you think about it, and then we can get into why I feel this didn't do anything for Theory, and to me, you can't keep beating John Cena like this. It's going to lose its effectiveness. I agree it didn't do a whole lot for Theory because he did cheat to win. I did like the way it was done, though. The last match John Cena had, and here's the words, big match Johnny, was against Roman Reigns, the undisputed Universal Champion. Then he comes out here. Uh, we don't know if this is part of a storyline or anything like that. I don't think it is. I think it's one of those. John Cena is super loyal to Vince, and the only reason that he did this was for Vince. Uh, I had that. I got that feeling off of him. He did it for Vince. He did it because he knows everything he has is because mostly because of Vince and all, all the opportunities he was able to get. You mm-hmm. can say what you want about John Cena. There's a lot of stories about politicking and all that, but I can cast that all aside because of what he did for those kids what he does for all the make-a-wish kids all these years like the most out of all of them that's incredible and he hooked cody up with them even cody granted some wishes uh over there so uh john cena's a legend john cena he's probably either my favorite wrestler ever or he's up there and it's not even because of wrestling it's not the, the moves the the promo and, you know, and I'm talking about these nuts days, you know, I'm talking about that stuff, all of that, all these good things he does. And yes, that he he's made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. You know what I'm saying? I'm just a mark. I'm, in a, I'm a mark in a basement bookers podcast with my buddy over here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So hats off to John. Hustle, loyalty, respect. I, I agree. What he does for the Make-A-Wish kids definitely makes him a goat of a human. That's right, Rich Riz. But real quick, before before we go on to the next match, speaking of John Cena, brief story. As you know, Jerry, I went to Philadelphia yesterday uh, for my nephew's 18th birthday. And happy him, birthday. Happy birthday. 
And him and his cousin, my niece, were talking about getting matching tattoos. I went a little nuts. I did something unriz-like, and I got myself a John Cena tattoo. You ready? Right there. How I mean, I'm going to have to take your word for it because I can't see him. Exactly. So. Isn't it perfect? I mean, honestly, I I can't believe that this happened because... Healed so quick, too. I know. And I know that because yesterday, me and the wife, we were outside and we walked past the tattoo parlor. Mm -hmm. And now you can see here also, I too have the same John Cena tattoo. Dude, that Look looks awesome. That. It's I the love same. It. It's That's crazy. Great. I don't, it's it's know like I... we have matching tattoos also. Couldn't have planned that better. And now we're going to talk about the next match on the card. And that is the men's WrestleMania showcase tag match, which if you listened last week, which I'm sure you did, you know, was for the coveted basement championship basement championship in order to take this championship from me. You will need to take my life. Which, as we all know, I won. Because, historically, I believe this is at least the second time I have chosen the Street Profits, and Basement Chair has not, and I've won the title because of it. So, thank you, Street Profits, for bringing the smoke. And as far as the match is concerned, it was the showcase we kind of expected it to be. Big Clash, Street Profits on top, off the From the Heavens. One, two, three. Jer, what do you think? What an incredible showcase here. You know, they use that term, you think, oh, they just throw these guys together just to have a match. And admittedly, two haters that may or may not match the description of the two gentlemen on this podcast might have unintentionally turned up their nose at it. You see Chad Gable pull off that ridiculous German suplex on Braun Strowman, or to see Braun Strowman fly off of the top rope. I feel like something happened where a nice, delicious dish of humble pie was served to Braun Strowman for talking all that smack about spot shows because that, to me, felt like it was kind of like that kind of feel because everybody got their shine on. Dawkins to Tez to each Viking Raider, everybody involved. This was a tag team showcase in name and in deed. Indeed. World-famous YouTube influencer Logan Paul returns to take on the man that he eliminated from the Royal Rumble match, Seth freaking Rollins. And what a match it was. HBK-like entrance by Logan Paul. Ridiculous outfit from Seth freaking Rollins. High athleticism from both guys proving that they both have a place on this card. It was a phenomenal match. Respect to Logan Paul. And if the rumors are true that he has re-signed with WWE, let's freaking go. I don't care if he tag teams with the water bottle man. I don't care. More eyes on wrestling. Let's go. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you there. I think this match showcased what can happen when you get big YouTubers that people like me don't know about KSI, Logan Paul. I hadn't heard of them before WWE. When they come in, they bring their audience. They help out WWE. It gets them more viewership. It, and it gave us some really cool experiences in this match, including KSI taking that, was it a splash or an elbow drop? Whichever it was from Logan Paul from the top through the announce desk 
and Seth coming out on top. The way it should be. Next up, we had three on three, a generational match here. Damage Control versus Trish Stratus, Lita, and Becky Lynch. So Trish Stratus and the tag team champions of the women's division, Lita and Becky. This match was fun. Uh, Damage Control lost. Uh, Becky Lynch hit the super manhandle slam on Bailey to get the win. Jared, what do you think? Dude, this match was great. And in a couple of ways. Now, one, I'd like to know what sort of miracle fabric Trish Stratus' uh, uh, to top, if that's what you call it, was made of. How it was able to keep, contain what's going on there. Uh, trying to be polite and not vulgar. We're gentlemen here. But as far as I was concerned, this was an easy match to predict. Damage Control hasn't won a single, like, together anything important, really. They were the tag team champions, but as a unit, they're not really controlling the damage. The most damage that they controlled was at the Royal Rumble, and even then, it wasn't enough to get either one of them to win. So, I don't know. I don't think Bailey's won any significant match since she's come back either uh maybe like a raw or something but not big shows or anything who knows what's going on with that and as usual it could be a part of the story this this is ongoing so we'll see what happens next who knows what that is how long is lita gonna be around to defend the tag team championships with bailey What's going on with Trish? Is this a one-off? I don't know. It is a battle that has been brewing ever since Little Dom resided in the Rey Mysterio sack. It has been destined and foretold that the snot-nosed little brat would get his booty spanked. Entrances were great. Rey coming out in a lowrider with Snoop with the music and then the Eddie music. And I'm like, man, the most tragic part of this entire thing is that there is a universe in which we do not reside, where Eddie Guerrero still lives and is involved in this crazy angle that still goes on. It didn't have the result that we thought it would, but nonetheless, we all cheered when Ray took the belt. He whipped that boy. Now, I knew something was up with the jacket that Damian Priest put in the corner for Dominic, I didn't expect a chain. But as we saw, Bad Bunny took care of that. It did feel good to see Ray whipping his boy. Surprisingly, at, surprising to us at least, Ray won that. And I think we're better off for it because it allowed Dominic, as we saw, to say he was going easy on his dad. I like little stuff like that. Yeah, he was going easy on him, all right. He didn't get to use that steel chain because of Bad Bunny. That's and right. now we're going to be having a feud with the Bad Bunny and the Dom Mysterio with the Archer of Infamy himself attacking his former friend. Look at this long-term storytelling. Backlash Puerto Rico is going to be... Well, if my Spanish is not as rusty as I thought it was, I believe Damien Priest said on SmackDown that Bad Bunny is his friend, but Dom is his family. That's right. He's all about family. He's like Vin Diesel, but without all the money. Yes, and less monotone. Next up, we had the match that a lot of people think should have main evented night one, and they did their best to steal the show, and people are still talking about this match. People are calling it the greatest women's match in WWE history. Charlotte Flair defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against Rhea 
Ripley, which we saw Rhea Ripley coming out on top. The only thing I I guess I didn't like about this match was actually post-match. I feel like Charlotte, with the camera on her, was underselling the impact of the Riptide. Because she was sitting there smiling. She was sitting there. She was, like, looking up and laughing. Like, she was, she seemed sad about losing the title. But she didn't seem, she wasn't projecting physical pain. What do you think? Rich Therese, I don't know what physical pain looks like after getting an avalanche Riptide off the top rope. And getting folded up like a pretzel. But what I can tell you is that sometimes, and this is, I don't know, professional wrestling, you know, this was basically letting you know that Rhea Ripley has arrived. I think Charlotte Flair knows inside that regardless of the outcome, she did the very best she could to not only win the match, but give Rhea Ripley the opportunity to show what she's capable of against a main eventer like Charlotte Flair on the main stage. Sometimes your pride and how proud you are in putting together something, a classic that even the Meltz man himself, who is stingy AF, gave it five stars. And universally, this match is being called, as you said, the greatest women's wrestling match ever. And I would like to add dot dot so far. Because we can still continue to escalate it further. Because that's how excellence works. I still stand my ground as emotionally the next match we're about to talk about should have been the main event anyway. Looking back, I still think that I hold the Iron Woman match in NXT, Sasha and Bailey. A little bit higher than this. That's me. That's okay, Rich Riz. When you're a mark, you've got an opinion that you don't care about anybody else's. First and foremost, let me state why I thought this should have been the main event, okay? This should have been the main event because it's got months and months. One would argue like a year of storytelling behind it. I think it should have been gone on there, and there'd probably be a lot of people be like, oh, boo, and, and not give the Rhea Ripley-Charlotte Flair match the, the, the respect that it deserved. It, there wasn't a main event. There were two co-main events. You could leave it like that because when that third helluva kick hit the seats, the people, they explode out of the seats, baby. Yeah, this match, the way this match was structured, first off, the build, as you mentioned, just about a year of storytelling. I agree. This match deserved the main event slot. Uh, and Charlotte and Rhea... I think was properly positioned as co-main of night one. This match had all of the emotional feels going into it. You felt bad for Sammy. All you you saw on his face the tumult that he was going through, knowing he had to put down his former brothers in the Usos. One, two, three Huluva kicks and new champions. First Everybody's looking, Sammy Zayn. Why is he hanging around the bloodline? He's an opportunist. He's out there. He's there for himself. Maybe at first. Maybe at first he was. Maybe that's what it was about. But then I felt like he was a man who was looking for family. He was a man that was looking for family. And the problem is that the first time you see KO at NXT, he's hugging Sammy Zayn after he wins the NXT championship. Then he's pop up power bombing on the apron and destroying him. 
it's been a real love-hate relationship with Sami Zayn really eating most of it, if you had to look at the scorecard. So maybe he was looking for a family that wasn't going to pop up, powerbomb him every time they wanted an opportunity because he figured they're already at the top. What could they possibly want from him to betray him when there's only to gain by him being with the bloodline? And that is why people need to pay closer attention to these things. That is why we'll get to the main event of night two later on. That is why after that, when it was all said and done, this was the right decision to be made here. We'll talk about that. There's plenty to talk about, but we can't talk about that yet. We can't because that's the main event of night two. All right. And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But put a pin in that. A man looking for family, he finds it. And then after all is said and done, it's still the same old thing to poor Sami Zayn. The tribal chief wants something from Sami Zayn. It's he wants to own Sami Zayn. He is the tribal chief and he treats people like pieces on a board because if he don't eat, you don't eat. Time for WrestleMania night two. And what a way to open WrestleMania night two than with, as Biggie likes to say, big meaty men slapping meat. And what did we have? We had Brock Lesnar, who apparently wanted to go home early. Versus Omos. This match, Clash of the Titans, did not even go five minutes. Brock, F5, one, two, three. Jer, what do you got? In a question of why are we even talking about this, Brock Lesnar answers that question where this old lion takes the young lion above his head and F5s him into the earth. This is the perfect duration for two big, meaty men slapping meat. Five minutes. Brock, big move, big move. Get in. Get out. Ain't nothing wrong with that. The right man won, uh, especially after what we saw occur on Monday night. But we ain't talking about that until later. All right. Now we have the female equivalent of the uh, showcase. That night one, yes. Look, um... I'm going to go in here with all the respect in the world afforded to me as a jabroni mark in a basement bookers podcast. Not the best match on the card, but they were there. The right team won. I I, I said it. Richter is agreed. Like, if Ronda Rousey's going to be in a match at WrestleMania, unless it's doing something for her, they're going to win. However, that being said, I don't know what the point of this match outside of having the showcase match is because we had a number one contenders match for the women's tag team championships that now we have Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan, who are now the number one contenders. So I guess winning this, but I think storyline wise, they're going to have to take on Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler at some point because they do have beef. Who knows? Ronda Rousey and Shayna might work Puerto Rico. Rich Riz, what did you think about this match? To be honest, I didn't love this match. It's great that you got eight women in one match so that they can all get their WrestleMania payday. I kind of wish Shotzi wasn't the one who had her arm practically ripped off by Ronda Rousey. But someone had to have their arm almost ripped off by Ronda. And I think... 
these showcase matches going forward, if this is going to be a thing that they do for WrestleMania, that they should mean something rather than having a loser, a losing team in the match, then get a number one uh, contenders match with the winning team not getting anything. To me, it didn't make sense. Make it make sense, WWE. That's what I got. You know, Rich, I can't really argue about that, but I think what we got to do here is, as you say, let's build to this. When we have, when you're looking at WrestleMania, you say it's all planned out. I don't think all of it's planned out. I think most of it's planned out, but maybe let's have a plan for every spot on the card. Let's lead there at some point maybe not quite at the last minute here because you know that's what this was actually there were qualifiers though you did have to qualify to be in this match however uh maybe add the stipulation of here's the number one contenders for the tag team championships and you could have done the same thing for the males because after at the end, you got new tag team champions, and then you know who the number one contenders are, so you know what to look forward to later, maybe. That's a possibility. But what do I know? I'm just a basement booker. I'm just over here, you know? Our next match on night two of WrestleMania was Big Meaty Men Slapping Meat Part 2 of night two for the Intercontinental Championship. Gunta versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus who was looking for the first time to hold the Intercontinental Championship coming up short. Gunter retaining. There's a stat online somewhere of just how many chops were thrown, how many strikes were hit, who doled out what kind of damage. It was like being behind the scenes at a butcher. That match delivered all the chops, all the meat, all the ground beef chests, Gunter coming out on top, loved it. What'd you think? Let me tell you something, brother. I heard a lot of stuff, a lot of people talking about this match, not all of it as positive as your boy is about to lay out from the hard-hitting strikes, the veil of the ballerin, all of the just meat slapping meat, the, the, the finish where Gunta just comes down on top of Sheamus and Drew, uh, breaking the cover after they're just going, hit him with the left, hit him with the right, to having a fight and a fight, and then there's a pin after a, a like a, a huge uh, a brogue kick, right? I think it was. It was Sheamus went for the cover. He he just couldn't capitalize, and down from the heavens. Gunta comes down, picks up Drew McIntyre. No, he picks up Sheamus. Power bombs him on top, like hits like uh, the upper back neck area of Drew McIntyre with Sheamus. Then picks Drew McIntyre up, power bombs him, folds him up like an accordion. One, two, three, championship above his head. Just yanks his arm away from the referee. I'm done. I'm done here. I'm the best. You're, look at that. They couldn't beat me. It was brilliant. It was masterful. The whole let the other guy take the other guy out. Sure, Gunter literally disappeared into nothingness, but dang it, you got to see Drew McIntyre and Sheamus do what they do together at WrestleMania. 
I got no problem with this. Gunter is an awesome intercontinental champion. He's like a dude that, like, you could step into the ring with Hulk Hogan back in the day and just leave him laying. Like, he would be the huge villain. It's all been said before, but the ring general is here to stay. Next, we had the EST of WWE, Miss Bianca Belair, go out there and put on quite the battle against Asuka. Now, this match, I was mixed. Both Richter Riz and myself chose Asuka to win this match, thinking this might be a character progression for Bianca Belair. See where this goes. Uh, this makes Asuka 0-4 at WrestleMania. Um, just the fact, not making any judgments here. Uh, Bianca Belair hit the KOD after not getting missed. And here's the thing, Asuka, she cost herself the match in a way that only I, or Bianca Belair experts, aficionados, would know. And she does not like her hair being messed with. Asuka did that, and she got muscled up. That's like, pick right up, and KOD'd one, two, three. Bianca Cena wins. I mean, Bianca Belair wins, and fine. I Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. What am I going to do here? I like both of them. So, all right. Rich, what do you make of this? I think we're on the same page in that we're waiting to see what then comes out of this. Where does Asuka go from here? Where does Bianca go from here? As you mentioned, we both picked Asuka to win because we were looking for, hoping for, expecting some character development from Bianca Belair in the loss. <laughs> right. Just a little. Something. And we were looking for Asuka to win the title, become the dominant champion that we saw in NXT. 300-something days or 400-something days undefeated, right? That is the Asuka that we knew. Maybe after this loss, Asuka will come back maybe even more ferocious, then take the title, and then go on that run. I don't know. We'll see. In the meantime, I thought it was a good match. Asuka, which is rare, missed the mist. Don't love it, but I'm going to ride it out. That's the only thing we can do. That and complain on Twitter. That's but if you're right. a wrestler, you can't do that. You can't do that. Darby Allen's going to find you. He doesn't like what you complain on Twitter. It's not me, Darby. It's not me. It's not him. We didn't do it. Get out of here. All right, he's gone. Next up, we had Hell in a Cell. Edge. No. Brood Edge, without any Brood members, versus the Demon, Finn Balor, representing, but not with, the Judgment Day. What happened in this match? We had a flying ladder, big gash. That hurts to look at. 14 staples, as I'll mention later again in the news segment, which is coming up. We'll get there. 14 staples the doctors came in they tended to it they stopped it from bleeding probably some crazy glue maybe if they were ecw doctors i don't know this i'm just graphic. speculating it is graphic it's tough to look at 
I might make it black and white. So seeing the wound on TV, well, we didn't see the wound. We saw the impact. We saw some blood. We didn't see the gash. It being so far in his hair, we didn't see it. Uh, We didn't get a good view of it. I guess that's thankfully to uh, thanks to uh, the director and cameraman for not going out and trying to exploit that. But the, the TV didn't do it justice. And ultimately, Edge won with a concerto. Yeah, uh, this ain't ballet is the way it's always been said is just to me. What was gained from this? So a hell of a cell is supposed to be the end of the feud and the winner wins the feud. But Balor, who, by the way, you are still the nerd Finn Balor. However, you are the toughest nerd Finn Balor. In the history of toughest of nerds, because just looking at that giant gash at the top of your head gives me a panic attack and makes me question my own mortality and the fact that you guys do all this crazy, insane stuff. So if you're gonna go out there and claim victory, even though you didn't claim you didn't really win, it's like, yeah, Edge may have won, but he he's not here. I'm here. I'm the winner now. Like, well, technically, yeah, you, you lived through that. So I got you're still standing. So who knows? Edge might be Edge's skeleton. Correction, Edge's skeleton. Maybe just sitting there looking at that dog that just let Seth Rollins break into Edge's house. Just do whatever he wants. I'll never forget it. Man's best friend. Great entrance. Slayer at WrestleMania. I didn't see that happening. But what's a victim? I guess they couldn't do the bloodbath with with Finn Balor having a bloodbath sort of in his head a little bit there. So I guess that would have been ill-advised. But remember those? Remember bloodbaths? Ladies and gentlemen, the main event of the evening saw the tribal chief, the head of the table, defend his championships, his undisputed universal championship against the American Nightmare. Whoa! Cody Rhodes. Who, spoiler alert, whose father said when he was younger that hard times breed better men. Better men. So let's not forget this. Rich Deriz, both of us. Although one of us is currently on the run from Solo Sokoa, Samoan Spike, being exiled from the Island of Relevancy, I've been moving from cave to cave. So far, so good, but the Tribal Chief's justice is unrelenting. Richter is, how are you dealing with the fallout here? Let's get into this. Main event delivered. Pretty much everything that we expected, with the exception of, as you mentioned, we both picked Cody to win. Now, I've, I, I've sent out feelers to Alan the Relevancy. Did they come back? They have not come back. I'm not taking that as a good sign. But I feel like... I'm being granted some grace as the new reigning basement champion in that I haven't been on the run. I haven't been hiding. I haven't moved. 
and I'm still here. The Tribal Chief respects championships. It's probably why Jimmy had to stay home and watch SmackDown. That's right. A few reasons for that. We'll get to that. I promise. But I'm hoping that after the Tribal Chief sees this video and sees our remorse at not choosing him as the winner to retain as he has done so many times in the past successfully for 900 and however many days of great many this historic title reign of his that being said we had solo we had usos we had a mysterious person in a hoodie we had we had that does the samoan spike that's right we had ko and sammy making the save and what we had was a spear and a one, two, three, and another title retention for the head of all tables, the tribal chief. Well, now we got to get into this because we can't just be talking like, all right, here's the finish. That's not how the Basement Booker's podcast operates. First, what we got to do is we have to address something we must address very important fellow marks out there who are currently very hurt. A great disturbance in the force as if millions of butts were hurt all at once. And it was felt. And we all, all the people, because you got to think to yourself, you got to think people, you looked forward to this. You thought this would be where the hero comes in and defeats the unbeatable, climbs the unclimbable, claims all fragments of the Triforce and bring peace to Hyrule. My man, Cody, you know what I'm talking about, but it was not to be. You see, we found out little birdies all over the internet that only marks are allowed to complain on not wrestlers darby allen will get you but that this was always the plan that cody was never going to defeat the tribal chief but even with that the part that's beautiful is that the passion inside of you is real if you feel extreme about a result like this one way or the other you're a fan and you care enough and that should be appreciated and sometimes people take things too far they they say they send threat they threatening people that's not that serious this is i have i couldn't stand how game of thrones ended i'm not out there Sending emails to G.R.R. Martin, being like, finish the last two books. I'm worried about you. You've got a lot of comorbidities. But that's not a hit or there. We got to focus on the positive that we care this much. And that when it happens, what's more impactful? Defeating the tribal chief before... Hitting 1,000 days as undisputed universal champion. Main eventing. What is it? 
four WrestleManias in a row at this point? What are we even talking about here? Just think about this. Think about y'all are all historians and wrestling. Bro, folks that folks that have been around longer than me and know way more than either of us. Look at Dusty Rhodes. You think Dusty had an easy time? Hard times. The whole story with the belt. He didn't even get to keep it. These are th the journey. It, it's not going to be as powerful. He just comes in, wins Royal Rumble. You know, the, the peck tear. He's not even around to, you know, do the things. You know what I mean? It, you can't just go win what, to one-shot the tribal chief. It's like... For my fellow nerds out there, it's like going to world first in a raid. Try to get that boss beat on the hardest mode on the first try. The tribal chief is in god mode. It's been said over and over. How are you going to be in god mode and lose to this guy the first chance? And yes, you're already yelling, but he cheated. He cheated. My man, if you could just go into the Google machine. And look up the four horsemen. I know maybe they're not like as a well-known group. You know, maybe you maybe you haven't heard of the four horsemen. Maybe you haven't heard of that, but they help Rick all the time. So, just my opinion on that. Let's see where this goes. That's why I wasn't as hurt because it's like, wait, what? But wait a second. You know, this is better. This is better because it's like you got in there with the tribal chief. You know what you're dealing with. Actually know what you're dealing with. He said it himself. He almost had him. Cody Rhodes has to deal with a beast. Not just any beast. A beast of both worlds. Brock Lesnar, who was dominant as the UFC heavyweight champion of the world. Brock Lesnar, whose WWE credentials speak for themselves, no matter what side he's on. And after being physically assaulted by the beast of both worlds, Cody Rhodes is in the underworld now after being defeated by the tribal chief. And he needs to fight his way through the trials monsters and the first monster is the biggest baddest beast on the block you know jer hindsight being 2020 i feel like i should have considered this before when we were making our picks last week but to have the bloodline completely crumble with the usos losing the tag titles in night one and Roman losing the titles in night two, that would have been a little too neat of a package, mm. right? There's more story to be told within the bloodline. Having Roman retain allows them to tell the story of Roman is champ and the Usos have failed. And now... Will the Usos get a redemption story? Will they be able to redeem themselves in the eyes of the tribal chief? Will they have to prove themselves again? What trials will Roman put them through? Besides Jay not having Jimmy on SmackDown against Sami Zayn. 
There's more to the story, and I am here for. I'm not one of those butthurt people. I am thoroughly enjoying the Bloodline storyline, and having Roman retain, keeping this concept of an ongoing story in mind, actually makes more sense. Oh, instead of what we normally get, which is what we've come to expect Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, Friday Night SmackDown after WrestleMania, where are the call-ups? What's going on here? Instead, Triple H, which, by the way, Monday Night Speech was like, all right, we did great. I get it. Okay, nothing nothing to write home about here. That could have been a whole A segment. That could have been a whole other segment. I'm sorry. Like, nothing was really said there that could be done in a YouTube clip or something for them to watch while they're there. All right. We all know it's awesome. And you basically said the same thing on Monday without announcing the draft, but you saved for Friday, which I get. It's like, hey, guys, this draft actually is going to mean something. But every, every superstar was always available. So he says that now. No one tells the tribal chief what show he's gonna he can be on anyway. So when you come over here, you tell me, anybody's eligible it's like well he's the champ anyway he's got to do both my guess is that he'll be drafted to smackdown anyway where the drama does come in is people being split up because anyone the usos aren't the tag team champions anyway so one could reason that the bloodline might there might be a little storyline there you know, Triple H did openly acknowledge the Tribal Chief on Monday Night Raw. So their relationship seems to be good. Who knows what could happen here? Virtual, your thoughts? And just to add to your point, aside from the WrestleMania match, the Raw and SmackDown tag titles have been defended separately. So... There's a lot of potential here for shakeups within the bloodline, within the main event picture of both shows. Triple H didn't mention NXT, which is interesting. But I feel like during the draft is when we will get the call-ups. I feel like there will be a select number of NXT talent that gets brought up. Yeah, I think when they I think Maybe he, never mind. I'm not going to imply what he's saying, but I always think WWE is like everybody. You know what I mean? Even though it's NXT, but like it's still WWE. Like it, you're still a WWE superstar. Mm-hmm. So that's how my weird brain works. Um, it's just about trying to figure out the caveats that they're putting out there, but not explicitly saying. Hmm. Because yeah. The, the draft being weeks away, any of this can change. I'm fine with this being a period of, like, not concrete. Because then it's like, you give them more freedom creatively to do what they got to do. But maybe do it in a way where you actually stick to it. I don't want this wild card rule thing where Baron Corbin wrestles on Raw when he's supposed to be on SmackDown. It's usually him, for whatever reason. Uh, it's like, I bet this time he, no one's even going to draft him. You know? And he's just 
try to get traded or something. Like you could be a free agent. The lone wolf once again. That's right, Richter Riz. Here's another thing that I, I'm glad you brought that up. This whole brood edge thing. It's like, look, I get it, but you're not characters in a video game. I did not press X to select your alternate attire. Okay. Let's stop with these ridiculous things that you're doing here. Unless it's a cell march, in which case, what am I supposed to do? Capitalism, baby. It's how the world works. Next up in our WrestleMania addendum is the only man to have a match on both nights of WrestleMania, neither of which were announced in advance, is the host of WrestleMania 39, The Miz. First night, we had the surprise appearance courtesy of Snoop Dogg, of Pat McAfee. The return of the punter himself, winning a match against The Miz with a punt. But night two is the real story, right, Jer? Yeah, look, we had the return of my son Shane McMahon. Look, he's got to go out there, uh, you know, not, not to be outdone by his father, uh, who had a uh, spectacular, to say the least, WrestleMania last year. Uh, losing his shoes and uh, giving the worst stutter in the history of all stutters. Why it, Why wouldn't it be Vince to have the worst stutter in the history of all stutters? But anyway, uh, it came at a point where Miz was supposed to, it was like one of those dive things where Vince jumps over Shane or something, but Shane didn't come back up because did he tear his quad or something? He tore his quad. I believe it was a leapfrog. It was only one of his quads, though. Right, he, so he, he's he, half the man his father is. That's right, but he did it at the grandest stage of the ball. So, you know, because uh, with, with, with Vinny, it was that Royal Rumble when uh, Batista and Cena had that little uh, kerfuffle, mm-hmm. uh, which is well-documented. It was really what made it really rough. Like, even if, whatever, you don't like a guy, I don't know, but you don't not like a guy enough where it's like he comes out there the first thing he says on the microphone with the tear in his eye, you don't know how much it means to me. Like this love or whatever he said, you know, like I felt so bad for the guy. I really did. That sucks. But you were news for like, you know, you tried to do it. So, you know, so don't be too hard on the guy. Not to be outdone was uh Snoop D.O. Double Jizzle who, uh, Called an audible, let's say, and uh, you know what? That it's a good audible. And it, he stepped in for uh, my son Shane Shane McMahon and delivered the stiffest people's elbow I've ever seen. Richter is please describe. So the way a people's elbow is supposed to work is really how we've always seen it, right? It's a work. You don't actually hit with your elbow. You more just come down with your tricep, basically, as documented on this podcast in a few matches before, meat, slapping meat. But Snoop kind of came in with the actual point of his elbow right in between Miz's ribs, which is, if you want to injure someone, that is what you do. But Miz, being the professional that he is, knowing that Snoop has only very minimal, if any, training doing what Miz does and the rest of the superstars, 
he has followed the Darby Allen rule of social media and not complained about Snoop's actual elbow drop. He jumped up and came down with such a force where I was like, this is the man for not just crying. If anything, he probably is like, listen, you're going to have to lay it in, dude. And, you know, Snoops, you know, hey, all right, I guess I got to make it look good. You got to make it look really good. So respect to the business and that uh, aspect there. So that's pretty Rumor cool. has it that Jerry Lawler cringed when he saw that elbow drop. I mean, if an elbow drop sends you to the great beyond for just a second, I mean, I can't disagree with that sentiment. Nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the segment that normally opens our show, but we decided let's have dessert and then learn some stuff, probably. Because my buddy here, Rister Riz, of the Basic Bookers podcast, has for you fake news about real sports and entertainment. Rister Riz, take it away. All right. The OGs call it the NRB segment news, rumors, and BS. Let's start with the elephant in the room regarding WWE as a whole. If you know what, maybe you haven't heard. I'm not going to assume you're under a rock, but maybe you are, and that's okay. It was announced on Monday that Endeavor is purchasing WWE and creating a merger with WWE and UFC. Endeavor is UFC's parent company. The press release added that, quote, Existing WWE shareholders will roll all existing equity into the new entity that will be the parent company of UFC and WWE to be named at a later date and intends to list on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker symbol TKO, as in technical knockout, even though they don't have an actual they haven't released a name yet. It's probably going to be something along those. I lines. like that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Same. The new company will be led by. Uh, Emmanuel, uh, the chief executive officer, who will also continue in his role of CEO of Endeavor. Vince McMahon, executive chairman of the board. And Mark Shapiro, who will be president and chief operating officer of both Endeavor and the new company. Dana White will continue in his role as president of UFC. And Nick Khan will serve as president of WWE, sort of transitioning from chief executive officer of WWE. Right now, it's not going to really affect anything, but I feel like down the line, there's going to be some interesting matchups. And look at, look, don't be surprised if this affects the draft. You may see certain UFC talent just like be like a shock. If they don't use Conor McGregor somehow, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the relationship with Conor and UFC is, but. You're just leaving money on the table at this point. It's an eventual thing. He fits into sports entertainment like Muhammad Ali fits into sports entertainment. He fits in there like Logan Paul, like all those or, guys. Floyd or like Brock Lesnar fits in the UFC. Exactly. The beast of both worlds. That's right. Um, imagine Conor McGregor where you could actually – have him win most of his fights. You know, well, how crazy mm-hmm. would that be? <laughs> right? You know? What about Lashley finally getting a UFC match? I mean, that would be cool if I he feel wants like it, to do that. 
Yeah, I feel like it's probably less likely for guys to go from yeah. WWE to UFC. Than I'm glad you way. said that. <laughs> Be, just like, but I feel like if they want to sort of keep the illusion of realism, I think they have to let a couple of the guys do it if they want. And say, you know what, we're not doing anything with you anyway creatively on the sports entertainment side. Let's let you get this out of your system on the sports side and try not to get injured for serious. I think as long as it's done properly where they're cleared and it's like, okay, you could do this, that type of thing. And also it should be people that won't have their whole mystique destroyed by doing that. You know, True. Roman Reigns doesn't need to have a UFC fight. He's nope. not a fighter like that. Okay. Mm-mm. I mean, he is. But what I mean to say is that, you know, there's certain people, it doesn't help them. It doesn't, it won't do anything for them. But others, they just, you imagine, look, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, what if Mustafa Ali just went in there and just like whooped somebody? You know what I'm saying? Just went in there and just beat the brakes off of some like, like in the same weight class he is in. Like, could you imagine it just walking out like, like doing like a walk off knockout or something crazy like that? Like he wouldn't. I'm just saying. I'm just getting crazy. You know, I'm just talking crazy. But like, just imagine. Like based I, on the I, wrestling I, style, I think mm-hmm. like Charlie Dempsey would be a good fit. Yeah, for sure. But I was just thinking about, you know how like Bart Gunn, in the mm-hmm. brawl for all, he was yep. just. Billy Gunn's tag team partner, he was, and then they broke up, and he was just nothing. But then mm-hmm. he's just out there, just knocking the lights out of people. And then he ran into an actual like fighter, 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 and just butterbean. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? So that that's really what I was thinking about. Like the opposite could happen for you. You know, you have more of a chance. Like instead of like, is it if people like me? No, it's like your abilities. So no matter what happens, it's going to be pretty crazy. Yeah, and if there's if there's going to be that kind of crossover, they have to be very careful how they do it because they don't want to expose WWE any more than it already is, which, you know, if you know, you know, and 90% of the world knows. But, like, you don't want to accentuate that. You also don't want to expose the UFC fighter, right? Like, if I don't want to WWE... expose the UFC fighter. Right. But you, I know what you're saying. I, I, I get it. Ha ha. <laughs> but you, you don't like you don't want a WWE guy to go in there and embarrass a real UFC guy. So they got to be very careful if they but do which, something like that. But which one's more likely to happen? You know what? They're equally likely. I think. I, I don't even want to put odds on either of them. I like any sort of crossover. Could be disastrous for both. Hmm. Well, luckily for us, we have like there's a reason Vince invested like a million dollars and was able to sell it for like nine billion dollars at yep. the end of the day. So really, these guys probably know what they're talking about. I just, I just envisioned another scenario. What? Dan Lambert, American Top Team. Oh, I love that. I love Dude, for him to do stuff with them. That impact. AEW, and then finally the main stage. The Holy Trinity. Good job, Rich Torres. Thank you. You are now head basement booker, also the champion, so you're going to have to... You got to wear a lot of hats now. You know? 
Mm-hmm. We'll find it's some not easy. Hats for me to put on. It's not easy. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. So heavy is the head that wears the crown that I have decided to not even take my championship out of its case. It is up there on my wall where it belongs. That's- By the way, there is a lot of news all related to this merger. So I will move on with that. Following the announcement of the sale of WWE, Nick Khan spoke to Axios to detail what he knows for sure. WWE and UFC will pursue separate independent TV rights deals when their respective contracts are coming up for expiration. For WWE, that's 2024. And for UFC, that's 2025. WWE's deal with Peacock for streaming services runs out in 2026. Nikon did not rule out the possibility of a combined streaming deal for both entities. He noted that NBC Universal for Raw and Fox for SmackDown had been great partners of theirs, and both companies would get first right of refusal when the TV deals for the two shows are being negotiated, which makes sense. He was hoping that both Fox and NBCU would re-up their current deals, but if they decide they are no longer interested, the company would look towards the open marketplace for other partners. Fox would be stupid. Right. Here's what you do. You take Friday Night SmackDown, right? Mm-hmm. And then let that be the lead-in to UFC, whatever show they want to do on FS1. If you yeah, that's, you know what I mean. Because that's a great pairing. SmackDown, you can't do it after SmackDown because that's the news, mm-hmm. right? Right. So you could do that. Head to FS1 for UFC. Nikon also said he isn't sure what the organizational structure of WWE will look like when specifically asked about staff layoffs or releases. Obviously, mm. you know, you got to you gotta be careful what you say there. There's going to be redundancies. Right. True. He said an integration team would be in place to review and they will know the results and what that will look like in a week or two, which is surprisingly soon, I think. Yeah, that's deal, a lot soon. Yeah. The, like the deal isn't even set to be finalized until later this year. And there are still people saying that the FTC should look into this as a potential antitrust issue. Uh, look, I think this isn't the case. I think this is more, there's a lot of money grabbing going around Yeah. right now in the world. And a lot of, you know, thing like they, I, they're wasting money trying to just take from people. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff, stuff going on with that. And I don't, I, I, ho- I hope everything's on the level. You know, you don't want people to lose their jobs or whatever, or cheat or, you know, whatever. All do they, they all do you know what i'm saying like it doesn't make it right but it's like we got so much like going on in the world right now can we just focus here can mm-hmm. we just leave it alone like who are, unless they're actually hurting people and it's not that you're not getting a big enough cut to just burn people's money you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying that's all yeah that's all you know uh, and not for nothing i think dub, uh sports entertainment and mixed martial arts are different enough that it should just like when, if and when this actually goes to the FTC, that it should just get thrown out. Like, of yeah. course, they should do their due diligence and properly research it. But as someone that is and has been a fan of both, I think it's it's a it's not a case at all. Hmm. Mind your business, right? It's mind your business. One's a predetermined performance; the other is an actual sporting exhibition. Mm-hmm. And you, WWE since at least the 80s has been upfront about it being a performance. 
That's true. That is true. All right. Nikon said that WWE and UFC will be run independently of each other. But if there are, quote, fun things to do, they're going to figure out how to do it. That goes into what we said about sort of swapping talent. Smart. He confirmed that WWE's relationship with Saudi Arabia will continue pointing to their ongoing multi-year agreement and that they have an event scheduled on May 27th. He called the relationship between the two sides a terrific partnership. Okay. Which means they're making a lot of money. Terrific. Yeah. Right. (laughs) He, he could have called it a rich partnership and mm. been a little more on the money. He had nothing to share yet about how the yet-to-be-named company will integrate sports betting into his business, but said he would have more information in a couple of weeks. That's the typical answer that you would give. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. In a staff meeting after the announcement of the purchase-slash-merger, Triple H said that when Endeavor bought UFC, they stayed out of the day-to-day business of the company and expects the same for WWE in this deal. Fingers crossed here. FightfulSelect.com noted that sources within WWE believe Triple H will retain control of creative and that Vince likes the current creative direction and is considering an advisory role. The report added there are no plans for WWE to return to the pay-per-view model. Thank you, because it's not happening. All right? right. I'm not doing that. <laughs> it's 2023. We we don't need to be paying $50 for events when you have the streaming service. And why would you get rid of the streaming service? Get it together, TK. Get yeah. it together. <laughs> yeah, uh, both of them, both AEW and Ring of Honor. Yeah. On a related note, it seems Vince was rewriting parts of Raw as late as 20 minutes before the show went live. With Sean Rossap tweeting, quote, This show is categorically different than how it was laid out even a few hours ago. At least two matches were scrapped or changed. Oh. Yeah. Monday Night Raw was terrible. We've seen this before. That Raw was terrible. The bookend was fine. But it was not good. Yeah. It's, I have. Yeah. I have more about that. FightfulSelect.com noted that among the changes were Cody placing a call to whomever his mystery partner was going to be, but the way the show closed was always the plan. I feel like the way that they did that segment with Brock coming out agreeing to be his partner, I thought that was better than Cody just making a call because why is Cody calling Brock Lesnar? Why is Brock Lesnar picking up the phone? How is Brock Lesnar still in the city? Oh, yeah, Brock doesn't use, doesn't like talking on the phone. Why would Cody have his number? Right. Brock would have been back in Vancouver or wherever he is, Saskatchewan. Wherever he's wrestling Sasquatches. Right. Wow, that's actually fantastic. But anyway, um, yeah, Brock would have been home already. Brock likes to leave early. That's why he was the first match. Well, I mean, according to Wade Barrett, he was not very happy with that. And that's why he killed Cody. We'll see. So, gotta wait on that. I don't know if that he's like speculating or that was weird. But um, uh, to what you said, I was thinking, what if like he did call somebody and we don't know, and it's like, what, what do you mean? What happened? Like somebody attacked them or something? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then it's like I'll be your partner, and then like a surprise entrance. It's like, all right, we're buddy buddy, and then just sticks them. Yeah, it looked you know? like the way it played out on TV. 
I liked it. I, I think it made more sense. Yeah. Obviously, we don't know yet why Brock turned on Cody. We will be told probably Monday, maybe. All maybe we not. really have is speculation. And uh, I saw Cody had an Instagram post, something about his future, and he thanked like a lot of people. So we'll probably get it addressed on Monday because he'll be there. Mm, okay. Okay. So my thinking in the reason for Brock attacking Cody is the stipulation that was mentioned that the SummerSlam match, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, where if Brock lost, he can't challenge Roman for the title anymore. Brock was counting on Cody beating Roman for the title. Brock could face Cody for the title. So Brock, because Cody failed, Brock is angry at Cody. And that's why Brock attacked Cody. That's my speculation. That is how I feel this all gets weaved together. What do you think? Let us know down below. Jared, what do you think about that? Uh, I think you're, no, I think you're spot on. Maybe Cody, maybe Brock's angry at Cody for curing racism. I mean, that, that, that's definitely not true. So Dave Meltzer noted that regarding Vince, quote, he was running TV tonight. He's back. It's what it was. It will be what it was before. And if people think that was bad, it will be bad. And that's just the way it is. Tell me, Dave. Is Vince McMahon in the room with you right now? (laughs) (laughs) Piggybacking off of that, Vince was not at SmackDown this week. uh, But he did review the creative plans for SmackDown and only made minor changes according to PWInsider.com. We won't know what they are, right? We do not know, no. But um, we know that one of the changes he made to Raw was Bailey was scheduled to accompany Damage Control to uh for their match he wrote them out of, he wrote bailey out of that oh don't know why uh maybe there's gonna be like a character change or something i don't think it's anything too crazy. i don't know but if damage control is going to continue as a three-person faction that they are they need to start winning these three-person six-woman matches Come on, man. Why you got to talk about Riot Squad 2.0 like that? Come on, mate. Come on. Sorry. Come on. Riot Squad, more <laughs> like Job Squad. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, I, I I used to call the Riot Squad the Lady Job Squad, though. Mm. That's true. Like, but everybody's apparently doing better now, so that's good. Yep. Uh, Moving on from the WWE sale, the, the other big topic that the IWC is talking about, that is the internet wrestling community, of which we are part, obviously, Bunch is, of marks. Right, is Drew McIntyre's contractual status. FIFLSlight.com reports that it expires, quote, within the next nine months. Why a lot of people are talking about that right now, I don't think is a big deal. There's, It's very early to start to get to work, so I don't believe any of this. It could be maybe Drew's holding them out for more money. Maybe he wants to see what happens with the merger. Or maybe he's just not ready to sign yet. Same thing happened. Nine months months can be a long time. Yeah, it could be a long time. You know, same thing happened with KO and Sammy. Weren't they doing negotiations at one point? There were a lot of people that were still negotiating their stuff, and they wind up just staying. The match, the WrestleMania that KO fought... um, Shane McMahon, I believe he uh, had, re- he, like he was, he wasn't under contract for that match, and like he signed the next day. 
The report adds that many WWE contracts are set to expire around the same time, as that was around time the WWE was looking to lock everyone in, look at lock everyone in to keep them from going to the then startup AEW. Hmm. Well, they don't have to worry about that now, do they? The I guess talent. they kind of do. Yeah, talent kind of does, because I think the talent needs to see how strong of a hand Vince has at the moment. Yeah, true that. Uh, on a similar note, Dyad, formerly known as the Grizzled Young Veterans, they asked for and were granted their releases this week. Zach Gibson, please, I hope for better for you. Ditto. Ditto on that for me. James Drake. Follow Zach Gibson. Stay a team. And say, say yeah, yeah. <laughs> say yeah. On social media this week, Impact's Giselle Shaw accused Rick Stein of shouting some rather insulting and discriminatory things at her at the WrestleCon autograph signing last Friday. WrestleCon has since issued a public apology on social media. Sad news, as we saw, uh, Bushwhacker Butch passed away earlier this week at the age of 78, as announced by his long-term tag partner, Luke. So, thoughts go out to the family and friends of Bushwhacker Butch. A lot of fun memories. What a fun tag team. They were. And time for the boo-boo room. Matt Jackson said on Twitter that doctors are saying he'll be out with a his partially torn bicep for, quote, weeks, not months. So a bit of good news for Matt Jackson there. And bad news for people who don't like the Young Bucks. Right. <laughs> and closing out the boo-boo room, on Busted Open Radio, Thunder Rosa said she doesn't believe she'll be medically cleared in the near future, adding that she needs to get another MRI. Until that, she's calling matches. Is she? She's on the Spanish uh, commentary team for AEW, I think. Oh, I think good. That's what she's doing. At least she's doing something. Um, so you got to think this is probably a head injury. Yeah. So, concussions. Yeah. That's, uh, that's unfortunate. I hope, I hope she can recover. Yeah. If not, I think she'd be okay with that too. You know, she seems to be, she, she can sing apparently. That's like, true. She, she's got a, she, I saw her a song that she was recording. She sounds good. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, damn, man. Everybody, some people got talent on top of talent, man. I'm just trying to do one thing. Come on, man. Seriously, on. Can like, I, can I have something? Yeah, I don't habla enough español to understand what she was singing about, but her it voice sounds good. Great. Yeah, man, that's all you gringos need, man. You sound good. Yeah. And that's there all you anybody really needs. Yeah, Lady Gaga was uh, parlezing français at me. Okay, closing out the news this week. PWInsiderElite.com reported that Charlotte is quote taking a break. Following her loss to Rhea Ripley to travel with her husband Andrade. Look, if you're at the top of the card, you're gonna have a great schedule. If you go take extended breaks, it's fine. You know, of what we've all learned, Charlotte Flair is great at small doses. Well, that's how you keep her special. Yeah, I feel like she has a pattern of drop a title, take a break, and then her favorite thing is the return, and hopefully not win the title. The singular first match back she has. Go on a run with the title, drop the title, take a break, repeat. I feel like she's just a special attraction now of the women. Like, kind of how, like, Ronda really is. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. like, she's there, like, 
you know, she's just that's what happens as you get older, though. You start to take a schedule that's less demanding. I really, at least to me, I think that's the goal. Yeah, I kind of I don't know if you noticed I did a slow blink when you said she's a special attraction now. I mean, that's what it feels like. Special attraction of 16 times, you know, coming up, you know, she's like, I think Rhea said that was her 14th um, title run for yeah. uh, Charlotte. So she's two away from tying, right? Mm -hmm. And then that's it. They're going to make her break her dad's record. There's no way she doesn't before she retires. I know. I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not concrete in my feelings about that. Right now, if you ask me how I feel about that, I'm not loving the way it was done because there was a lot of flipping, particularly early on. Alrighty, guys. Listen, thanks so much for checking out the Basement Bookers podcast. I know I said at the beginning that I wasn't going to do it, but you got this far. And what that means is that you really liked this Basement Bookers podcast or... You really don't like the Basement Bookers podcast if you're looking for more stuff to clip and just crap on us. At least credit us. So if you check down there below, we got the link tree that'll link you to all of our socials, the YouTube, you know, the Facebook, all that stuff. Basement Bookers pod on the Instagram. Uh, Basement Bookers pod on TikTok is on hold. At the moment, and also in the link tree is everywhere you could listen. So we're on all of them. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. I'm not doing that. You know how to find a podcast. Like, I believe in the Basement Bookers. But always on YouTube, you'll always have a Basement Bookers podcast episode. Some way, shape, or form. And thank you all for the record viewership on YouTube last week's episode. That's right. So... Give it a like, hit that subscribe, get the notification bell so you don't miss anything. Uh, it really helps out. Uh, what do you think of WrestleMania? How do you feel about Cody and Roman and that story? And the Brock. That's right. And Brock. And the draft is coming. So obviously you got speculations. You got ideas. Throw it down in the comments. You know where we are on Twitter. The handles are right there in front of you, Rich Riz, Basement Jair. So I look at the analytics, and according to the analytics, a lot of you are watching and are not subscribed. So it'd be really cool if you hook it up, if we've earned it. If not, we're going to do our best to earn that. And as usual, Basement Jair's got a party A match method. of life is scheduled for one fall. So make it count. And do what the man says. Follow the bookers. That was a fun little clip. Maybe you liked it. If you liked it, maybe you should go ahead and yell subscribe and all the things. Follow us up. Hit us up on Twitter. You want it? It's all in there. Look at this. Look at this nice little graphic. Just check it out. Thanks for listening. New episode every weekend.